But isn't that true? And I know there are people here that have dreams for their life today. I know that there are single people in, in here, single people in a God-given dream for your life, and it's a good thing. God's the giver of dreams. Is to, to find God's perfect match for you. That's the fulfillment of a dream you want to see, uh, see take place is for you to find God's perfect match for you and you spend the rest of your life with him. I'm here to tell you this on the beginning. I believe there are some, some married couples here uh, and who are longing for God to, to fulfill in them a, a child, to fill their home with babies. And God will fulfill, will fulfill that dream, but I'm here to tell you today that's only the beginning. I believe that there are some graduates here, even from high school, who your dream was to graduate and to go on to bigger and better things, and that's wonderful, and we celebrate it. But it's only the beginning. I believe there are some people here who are believing God for promotions, their life at work and financial opportunities, and God has those things in store for you. He does. But that's only the beginning once you get it. I believe there are even some, some uh, seasoned and uh, 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 older people here today. Maybe, maybe retirement's your dream, and you're, you're at that point where you're stepping into that, and that's a wonderful and good thing. But the truth is, now that you've got more freedom with your time, it's only the beginning to what God wants you to do. So the message today is not, don't have a dream. The message today is just like Joseph, if you find yourself ready to step into that dream, you must arm yourself with the reality that it's only the beginning. If you'll do that, you will see the most fulfillment, the most enjoyment, the most purpose that you've ever felt in your entire life. The fulfillment of my dream is only the beginning. So let's take a couple, uh, a look at a couple of Joseph's points in his life. Again, I'm not going to read them, but they are there. If you'll, if you'll go back in your Bible this week and read from 35 to about, I'm sorry, from 45 to about 53, you'll see some of these things. But the first thing, when we talk about the fulfillment of your dream, it's only, it's only the beginning. So that means it's time to work. The fulfillment of your dream is only the beginning, so if you were taking notes, I've only got four short ones. My goal is to have us out of here in about 25 minutes. But the fulfillment of your dream is only the beginning, so it's time to work. Joseph got promoted to number two in the land. God fulfilled his dream. What got him there was he interpreted a, a dream of Pharaoh that seven years of plenty were coming to the land, but after that, seven years of famine we're coming to land, and he interpreted this dream for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, I need somebody I can trust that can manage the seven years of plenty coming to this land and take the extras and store it, so that way when the seven years of famine come, we're ready. I need someone, Joseph, I know you're in prison, but you're the guy. So do you realize that Joseph had the fulfillment of this dream? He steps into what God has called him to do, and instantly he had more pressure to perform, than ever before. He had more work to do than ever before. He had more responsibility on his life than ever before. There is this myth out there that if all of a sudden you reach your mythical and magical dream, that all of a sudden you have to stop working, and that's not true. In fact, if it's a God-given dream that's being fulfilled, you'll find yourself with more influence, responsibility, and work to do. And that's a good thing. That's, that, that's because God trusts you to do it. So many times we look at these things in our life and we say, God, you gave me this dream and now life's hard. I've got to work harder at it. And we think to ourselves, God, are you really in this? And he is. How many people, how many married people can tell me and, and, and can agree with me with this, that yes, when God brought that spouse into your life that you knew you were going to spend the rest of your life with, 
It's great, God fulfilled that dream. But all of a sudden, probably about a week or so after that honeymoon, you looked over and you realized, you know what, if this is going to work for the rest of our, of our life, we got to work at it. Because who you were as a single person, I'm getting to know you as the real person now. <laughs> My wife and I have a wonderful marriage. We do. I could not ask for a better woman in my life. And she puts up with me. Oh, she puts up with me. We love each other. We laugh. She's my best friend, every part of it. But I'll tell you this. We realized about two weeks after our honeymoon, you know what? You are a completely different person in so many ways than I am. And if we're going to make this marriage work in a healthy way, we got to work at it. We do. And so you know what? There are times that her and I, that her and I will stay up late at night just talking about, hey, hey, you acted this way, but I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Tell me that so I can gain insight into you so that, I, that the way I know how to treat you better. And she does the exact same thing for me. Drew, you are wired this way. I'm not wired that way, but I want to learn you better. See, there is this myth, and I've talked to my teens about this. There is the Jerry Maguire myth when it comes to marriage for my single people. The whole, the whole myth of, you complete me. And the myth is this, is that somehow I'm a half of a person, and the, and the, but yet there's this person out there who's another half of a person, and they will just magically complete every bit of my half to where all of a sudden two halves become a whole, and we're just great. Because they complete me. And if all I can do is find that person that can complete me, my life will be great. You have fun with that fantasy. <laughs> because last I checked with the Bible, the Bible teaches us that it's not two halves become a whole. It's that the mystery of marriage is that two complete people, God joins in one. That means that there's a lot of mixing along the way. There's a lot of, of, of who, Kim's, of who Kim is that gets uh, mixed into me. There's a, a lot of, of who I am that becomes blended with her. Can I just tell you before you say, well, wow, is, Drew, is marriage that hard and all that stuff? At times it can be. But everything that's, that's good and worth having, you work for. Can I just tell you that the single greatest thing that has caused me to change and to be more like Jesus is my marriage to my wife? For this simple reason, as a guy, I'm, I'm the most selfish person ever. And now God has entrusted me with someone that I have to think about more than myself. And over the 11 years that my wife and I have been married, there's been times that I've had to make choices. Do I prefer her or me? And every time I make the choice to prefer her over my, over my needs, I become like Jesus. She's been an agent of great change for me. But I had to work for that to happen. See, some of y'all... God is bringing you into the fulfillment to have a child in your life. That's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, just like when, when Kim and I, we had our first child, Madison, I looked at this little girl and I said, this is my baby girl. Oh, God, thank you for this fulfillment of a dream. Two hours later, when Kim was knocked out because she was exhausted from labor and Madison woke up and it was time to feed her and change that first diaper, Dad. Woo, it's time to work. Because then the responsibility and the reality that I'm responsible for this child to work and to raise this child as best I can, even though I'm flawed and imperfect. The fulfillment of a dream is just the beginning. There are some people here, you're waiting for that promotion at a job, and good for you, I think it's great. But what's your life going to be like when you go from managing three people to managing 40? Time to work. Any God-given dream, when you begin to step into it, 
It's going to be time to work. How do you spell, how do you spell fulfilled dream? W-O-R-K. For my young people, for my teenagers here, you're, you're graduating, you've got God-given dreams in your life, maybe for your ministry and everything else. How do you fulfill that ministry? How do you begin to take steps toward that? You work. The people that will fulfill their dreams and make them work even after the fulfillment are the people that work at it, step by step, day by day. That's what Joseph did. So even more than just working at it, the fulfillment of my dreams is only the beginning. So it's time to work. It's also time to forgive. It's also time to forgive because there came a time in Joseph's life where the brothers who beat him up when he was a boy, threw him in a well to kill him, and then instead sold him off into slavery. There came a time where those brothers came back to Joseph because there was famine in the land, and they needed help. They needed someone to help them. So they came to Joseph, not realizing it was, jo- not realizing it was Joseph, but Joseph realized that it was them. And Joseph had a choice. These, these brothers who beat me up almost threw me away. Do I now have my moment of revenge on them or do I forgive them? And as the story goes, he forgave those people. You will have to forgive the people in your life who did not understand your dream before it became a reality. Because here is a, here's a, here's a truth about life. People will join you and people will treat you based on where you currently are in life not for where you see yourself 15, 20 years from now. The majority of the people, that's how they're going to treat you. And it's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't love. They just don't understand because you're talking about a dream and a vision for your life that's going to happen later on, but they see you for what's standing in front of them. And so they're not going to understand. The truth is, if you can only find, if you can find two to five true friends in your life, that will believe in you for where you're going to be as to where you are right now, you are richly blessed. 95% of the people in your life aren't gonna believe in you for where you're going, they're gonna believe in you for where you are right now. And when you go to them with your dreams, I'm doing this, God's placed this in my heart, I can't wait, I'm gonna be married, I'm gonna have a a child, I see promotion, I see all this stuff, and they look at you, and at best, they kind of, you know, aren't as enthusiastic with you as you are. At worst, they openly try to block you, as in the case of Joseph's brother. Don't be mad. Because there will come a day that if it's truly a God-given dream, there will come a day where they will see you in the fulfillment of that dream, and they will realize that you were right with what you're talking about, and they're going to come and talk to you about it. And in that moment, you've got a choice. Do you say, na-na-na-boo-boo, I told you so? Do you stoop that low? Or do you love them and forgive them and move on? Well, Drew, I get that. That's, that's what God would do. I get it's the right thing to do. But what's the practical reason for that? The practical reason for that is because if you were working for your dream, you don't have time to deal with conflict with people. Let's play this out. Joseph is in charge of distributing um, grain for a famine for all of Egypt. His brothers come up to him. If he would have taken the time to throw them in jail to teach them a lesson for what they did to him, do you realize the time and emotional energy 
that would have been spent on that that would have taken away from what God had called him to do. You don't have time to deal with frivolous conflict with people if they're coming to you to apologize. Now, if they're still hating on you, ignore them. But if you've got people in your, in, from your past that didn't treat you so well, and now that y'all both had a chance to grow up, and they come to you and they say, you know what? I see now what you were talking about. I see now that dream. I see now. I'm so proud of you. Will you please forgive me? Can I link up arms with you? It is better for you just to say, absolutely. Free them. Free yourself. I promise you, you, if you're truly working on God's dream for your life, you don't have time to deal with anybody else. In the words of whatever that YouTube video lady was, ain't nobody got time for that. And you don't either. The fulfillment of your dream is only the beginning. So it's time to work. It's time to forgive. It's also time to bury the past. If you're taking notes, it's also time to bury the past. If you look at the end of Joseph's life, his father, Jacob, had the opportunity to go to Egypt with Joseph and to see his boy that he loved so much walking in his destiny and in his dream. But then something curious happens in the rest of the story. It said that Jacob, Joseph's dad, died in Egypt. And Joseph had to spend 30, 40 days, I believe, mourning and burying him. Can I tell you just a piece of reality? Is that as you walk in, your, in the fulfillment of your dream, as you walk in that destiny that God's placed for you, there are going to have to be times, not that you make it happen, not that you want it to happen, that you're going to have to say goodbye to the past. If Joseph, again, would have spent his time, yes, he honored his father like he should have. He buried his father like he should have. He did the proper things that a son was supposed to do, but when it came time to move on, he also moved on. Because if, you, if all you do is spend your time looking over your shoulder at the past and how it used to be, you will miss what's right in front of you. Joseph had the honor and the courage to bury his father, the only family member that when he was a boy believed in him. And when his father passed away, he loved him, he honored him, but then he kept on walking toward his dream. I'll talk to people who will, who will tell me about their dreams. And, and at times they'll have confusion like, well, if I, if I had this dream, if God gave me this dream, and I know I'm supposed to be walking in it, why are things not working the way I'm supposed to? Why, 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 why am I still having to deal with things? And, and why, why are things just dying almost for me? And am I having to say goodbye to things? And, and I'll look at them and I'll say, well, it's because God, it's because God gave you a dream. <laughs> See, can I tell you what we want when it comes to our dreams? We want our cake and eat it too. I do too. I want God to fulfill my dreams. And then, and then as soon as I step in it, I was like, hey, no problems. I ain't got no issues because I'm stepping in my God-fulfilled dreams. Woo! And the truth is, is that oftentimes I've found that when I'm stepping into God-given dreams, not because I make it happen, but there are things, in that, there are things I got to say goodbye to. There are old ways of thinking I got to say goodbye to. There are, there are new ways of thinking that I have to embrace. There's old things that prop me up that I've got to say goodbye to because I've got to now walk on my own. There's scaffolding uh, that people and resources uh, uh, and, and that, that were given to me that I've got to say goodbye to because you know what? If all I do was hold on to that, I'll never walk in what God 
has called me to do. And there are people here that I believe that the biggest thing in holding you back, you were there in that moment where you realize I am stepping into my destiny, but the biggest thing you're going, I gotta say goodbye to some things. I gotta say goodbye to some things. And you know what? That's life. God never promised that he would make our dreams easy. What he promised is that in the middle of, of a chaotic world, he would still fulfill our dreams and help us walk in his light for him. That's the promise of our God. Point number four. The fulfillment of your dreams is only the beginning. So it's time to work. It's time to forgive. It's time to bury the past. And the last thing, it's time to keep dreaming. <laughs> Just because you stepped into a dream. Just because you're working toward a dream. You've said goodbye to the past. You can still Keep dreaming. There's an interesting thing about the end of Joseph's life that we don't even read about in Genesis. We read about in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. It talks, it's this whole hall of faith. Everybody, all these people in the Bible that did all these incredible things in their faith. And there's an interesting just little sentence about Joseph. It said this, it said, at the end of Joseph's life, as he was dying, he saw the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and he gave commandments. He told the next generation that when you leave out of this place, you better take my bones with you and bury it in the land that God's given us. Don't leave my bones here in Egypt. Let me get this straight. Here's a guy at the end of his life. He's walked in the fulfillment of so many dreams and yet he's still seeing the future. That is a sign of God-given life, is that you go from dream to dream. Even when you know you can't be the one to fulfill it, you still see the future. You still see the potential. You still see what could happen, and you're investing in the next generation to help that happen. Can I tell you some of my favorite people to be around? Favorite, all-time all favorite people to be around. I love being around young people, teenagers and kids, because of the hope that they have and the dreams that they have. But every now and then, even my more favorite people, I'll run into somebody who's in their 70s, 60s, and 80s, and they never stop dreaming. It's the most fascinating thing to me because as society, we're told, hey, when you get older and you accomplish some of your dreams, time to kick back, time to relax, time to take it easy and enjoy what you've done. And yes, that's true. But have you ever run into somebody who at 60, 70, 80 is still dreaming? Oh, it's a challenge to me. I'm not kidding. I ran into a guy a couple weeks ago, 78 years old old. I just asked him, I said, what are you doing? Well, tell me about your life. And with beams in his eyes, I mean, a smile that could light up a room to the point I almost said, hey, man, are you single? Because I'd love to introduce you to my mama. <laughs> I love this guy that much. Mama, if you heard that, I'll introduce you to Jim later on. <laughs> She's single, ready to mingle. <laughs> But 
But can I tell you what Jim started talking about? I didn't have to ask him. I said, man, what do you do? He said, man, let me tell you. 78 years old, three years ago, I planted a church. And it's been the best thing in my life. It's been the most challenging thing. I never would think at 75 years old that God would lead me to plant, start from brand new, a church. <coughs> but we're reaching out to the community. Um, we're seeing people come. We've grown from about 50 to about 300 people. Uh, there's life there. I'm spending time around younger people to make sure that I'm, I'm not out of touch with some of the, some of the methods. I mean, my, my message hasn't changed, but I can't wait. I can't wait to see what God's going to do with, through me and in this church in my 80s and in my 90s. And I'm like, Yes! There was something about this guy, to see this guy at 78 years old light up like a little boy because of what the future holds. I literally told him, I said, man, you don't know me, but can I have your number and can we be texting buddies? I just want you to be my mentor in life. I don't know where you are, but if you are here and you've, and you've got a fulfillment of a dream, you're about to get married. Oh, keep dreaming for what you and your spouse are going to do. If you're about to have a child, start dreaming for that child and for your family. If you're about to, be a, if you're about to have a promotion, start dreaming about how you are going to influence and impact others through your promotion. If you're retired, what are you going to do with your free time? It is not okay to sit around eating bonbons, watching Netflix and talking about the good old days. God has a plan for you. Oh, that, can I tell you when I'm done in life? I'm done in life when I look around and I don't have a dream. When I don't have something to reach toward and go forward to. That's when I'm done. Age and what you can do is a number and it's just in your head. You look at all throughout the pattern of the Bible. He takes young people, middle-aged people, older people, anybody that was willing, searching, and hungry. And he says, I'll place a dream in your heart. I'll give you purpose in your life, and I'll help you accomplish it. There's a verse in Psalms that I love as we close. It says, Psalms 57.2. 57 verse 2, it says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. I have to take a message like this and I, have to, I want to tie it back to Jesus. Because maybe you're here today and you're like, Drew, I think it's great that you're talking about a dream. I don't even know how to get there. If I'm honest with myself, I don't have a dream in my life and I do not know how to get there. Here's the beautiful thing about our God. Society tells us that we have to have purpose first and out of that purpose form relationships. God works just the opposite. He says, start a relationship with me and I will guide you towards your purpose. God works so counterculture to how we think. We think we've got to know where we're going and know what we're going to do so then we can get like-minded people around us. And yes, that's true, but God works the complete opposite. He says, if you don't know what to do, if you're thirsting for purpose, if you're thirsting for a dream, 
Come to me in relationship first because the ultimate dream is that there was a God who sent his son to die on a cross so that we could have relationship with God. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we can now call God our Father, dear Father. And out of that relationship, he will tell you things about your life and about yourself and about what he can do through you that you never thought possible. You can step into those dreams. So let me get every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment of concentration and privacy. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to have people go around you and dance around you. I'm not going to do any of that. But maybe there are people here today just by odds, and you would say, Drew, I don't have a dream for my life, but the bigger problem is I don't know God. These dreams you talk about and how God offers relationship first, I want to have that. I've got purpose, but they've been the wrong purposes. They've been selfish purposes. And I want to offer my life through a relationship with Jesus Christ to know a God who gives me those dreams. Again, there's no embarrassment. All I'm going to ask you to do is at the count of three, to slip your, if this is you and you're saying, I want that relationship with Jesus Christ to begin to find my destiny and purpose. When I get done with three, I want you to slip your hand up for two seconds and put it right back down. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to call you up. This is a, this is a personal invitation for you. And maybe you would say, I just need to know, why do I have to raise my hand? Well, it's simple. I believe that when you respond outwardly to what God's doing on the inside, there's a, there's a transference that takes place. So if, you've, if you're here today and you're like, I need to start here. I need to have a relationship with Jesus in order to say, I can find the dreams and purposes one, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and slip it right back down. Two, you will never be the same. God loves you. More than just heaven, he offers you heaven here on this earth and purpose that he can use you. Three, if that's you, would you slip your hand right up and down? Put him right back down. Yes, God. Yes. Amen. I believe, I believe God did something today. I saw those hands. Let me get everyone to stand, please. But pray for us, and then we're just going to close out in worship as you seal this time for your life. God, I thank you for the dreams. I thank you for the people that gave their life to you, God. I thank you for the people that are leaving here today, that are, that are boldly proclaiming in their life, the fulfillment of my dream is only the beginning. God, I'm going to work. God, I'm going to forgive. God, I'm going to bury the past. And I will not stop dreaming. God, I pray you bless every intention that you're stirring up here today, God. I pray that people would walk out of here today in the boldness of what you've called them to do, fill them with courage, fill them with passion, and never let them stop dreaming. Amen. Would you worship with us? My heart was sing. No other name, Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing, no other name, Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing, my heart will sing, crying out to you, no other name, no other name. 
facing obstacles, that doesn't mean that it's not a God dream. It just means you've got obstacles. It's time to go to work. Could you imagine what would happen in this community if every single person in here who had God-given dreams would let go of the past and begin to work and walk in their dreams? We would change this community more than just people on a stage. When a community of believers comes together in the name of Jesus Christ, it is unlimited what they can do. We talked about how the difference between a dream and a fantasy is that for a dream, you've got to have opportunity plus work. Here's the beautiful part is that if you have that relationship with God, he guarantees he's going to open up opportunities for you. The Bible says that all of God's promises to us are yes and amen. That means if he's placed it in you, he's going to see you through. Now the question is, you ready to get your roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, and let's go to work. God, let's pray that you bless every dream today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just put a resiliency in these people that we would walk out of here ready to accomplish the dreams you placed in our heart. And like Joseph, we would walk out of here saying that the fulfillment of my dream is only the beginning. And we love you. We thank you, God, for every bit of it. In your name, amen. Y'all be encouraged today. 
Have an incredible day.